Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Hi there, and welcome to Lawrence Delalio's Lions Podcast with my special guest, Ben Kay. All right, Lowell, how are we? Just pouring you a pint of London Pride. An outstanding pint, if I might say so, and the official beer of the British and Irish Lions, which is what this podcast is all about. Yeah, and it takes skill. Right, that probably rules me out then. Dedication. Indeed, indeed. And time. Yes, it takes all of those things to get into the Lions squad. Oh, actually, I was talking about the skill, dedication and time that goes into brewing an ale like London Pride. Oh, absolutely. But it's the same if you want to be a Lion and to play with Pride. There you go, mate. Thank you very much. We've got our pints, lol. We're all set for the match. And this podcast in partnership with London Pride, the official beer of the British and Irish Lions. Cheers. Cheers. And remember, please drink responsibly. Lawrence Delalio's Lions podcast brought to you in partnership with Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of the British and Irish Lions. Hello and welcome to Lawrence Delalio's podcast. As you've heard, uh, live from the Cabbage Patch, we have a crowd. Would you like to make some noise? Here we are. It is uh, pouring with rain, as it always is at Twickenham, and I'm joined by... uh, Leicester, England and Lions legend Ben Kay. And I'm also joined by the Evening Standard sports correspondent, Daniel Gallen. Daniel, welcome. Um, would you like to uh, just talk so people can hear exactly where you're from? Yes, uh, how's it? Uh, I'm from Johannesburg. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I definitely dialed that up. Hi, I'm Daniel from Joburg. Uh, yeah, great Listen, to be on. More, more of that in a minute. And I'm also joined by the legend that is Damien Hopley, uh, Wasps, England, uh, absolute legend, and now the CEO of the Rugby Players Association. Uh, gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. Hello. Good to see you all. Um, Daniel, if I can start with you. Um, I mean, you're sort of feeling quite yeah, pleased. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feel- ready. I'm, I'm, I'm bracing for You're it. feeling quite pleased with yourself at the moment, aren't you, really, as a South African? Give us, give us a perspective from South Africa, because, you know, we're, we're obviously disappointed in the last week, um, as you were in the first week. Um, you speak to people out in South Africa. What's the what's the mood? What's the general feeling that you know from from uh, Joburg, from Cape Town, from your friends in South Africa? I think, given how the first test was so one-sided, just as the second test was, I think people are, are, are very consciously trying to temper expectations. I, th- I think both sides have really dialed down the chat. It's been a you know after the the madness and quite frankly the the, the poisonous build-up to the second test. It's been. A little boring. I'm a little disappointed. I, I kind of wanted a bit more blood and thunder. But I think, I think the box are, are not getting ahead of themselves. Certainly the, the write-ups have been very measured. Um, but I think they'll be quietly confident. I mean, we talk about momentum in the sport so often. And, and I think the, the Springboks will think that momentum is on their side. So given that the uh, first half of last week's test lasted 
almost as long an as hour. the uh, rant that your director rugby made on social media. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was 65 minutes, just so I think clear. it was shorter, actually. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I mean, do people feel vindicated by that in South Africa? I mean, do, do they view it as a as just sort of politics or just what happens between, you know, coaches on a rugby field? Or do they think that uh, actually the main event seems to have happened off the field rather than on the field? It's a tough question because people will say, well, job done, right? The box won, the, the ref was objectively on South Africa's side. I think we can say fairly that the ref was on the Lions side in the first test, but that's rugby, right? The, every ref will have a different interpretation and every captain will play it differently. Um, some people will say that he's opened up a, a can of worms now and that he's completely changed the way that referees will, you know, officiate the game. Um, I, I didn't love it, but again, you know, the, the result kind of speaks for itself. So, yeah, people will feel vindicated. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would put too much stock in, in, in Rusty's video for the results. Just a lot of people talk about Rusty over here saying, well, has he gone bonkers? Has he gone mad? It, 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 was, it was an odd thing to put out. But mm. in South Africa, his reputation is he will have thought that through 100%. I heard a story that when he was the Free State uh, Cheetahs coach, he used to, the, the, the lights on top of the stadium, he'd change them. Uh, so the players knew what sort of game plan he wanted, wanted to put in place. He's that much of a, not control freak, but he likes everything planned and detailed to, to the X amount. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He, he, he finds loopholes and he drives a truck through it. You know, that, that, that's kind of well, how... Like, like being a water boy without any water. That, really that's right. right. You know, it, it, that's right. It's, it's not technically illegal. And we can talk about the spirits of the game. You know, he kind of, you know, balls to that. So if there's a loophole, he's, he's going to go through it. Um, he's kind of seen as the mad genius. And, and I guess it depends on, on your allegiance, whether you love him or hate him. It's sort of like, I guess, Jose Mourinho was in, in, in football here. If you're on his side, oh, well, he's, he's a superstar. If you're against him, well, then he's, he's twisting the rules. and He's not good for the game. I mean, personally, I love him. I love the water boy thing. It's like, yeah. it's like under nines when your dad comes on with the water, <laughs> isn't it? It's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. And Damien... Uh, you know, as one of the world's greatest tourists, I can uh, de definitely say that, you know, this tour f for the players has been very, very different. Um, you know, as the, as the CEO of the RPA, who looks at, look after all the professional players in this country, you know, is it exactly what we expected? I mean, have you, have you spoken to anyone out there about the, the circumstances? Because basically all the players have done is see the hotel. They arrived in South Africa in a level four lockdown, complete alcohol ban, can't imagine that extended to the Lions team hotel or to Warren Gatland for that matter. Um, but they've, that, you know, they've been to training, they've seen a coach, they've seen a stadium. You know, this hasn't been a, a Lions tour like any other we've ever seen. Well, when you and I first toured South Africa in 1994, you'd see a hotel room, a training field, a dressing room and a bar. And a ours was probably in reverse order, a, a, wasn't a night, it? A nightclub, a casino. <laughs> and, and, well, that's an entirely different podcast. However... Uh, but yeah, you know, I just think, you know, the Lions experience that, that you have both, you know, done, done at the highest level is so different to what the guys are going through now. And, and you know, it's, it, you're in this bubble. I think the players have gone through an extraordinary 18 months in terms of what they've delivered to get rugby restarted and back on track and have made huge sacrifices. But I think, you know, the thought of not having the Red Army and, and all of the things that go with Lions not being there, I think it's been a very, very different experience and a very challenging experience, particularly, you know, I, I held a lot of tackle shields in my, in my short career. And, you know, if you're not in that test match team and you're cannon fodder, it's a very, very long five, six weeks. Well, it is. If, even if you, if you can't go out the hotel, you can't go and drown your sorrows, you can't, can't do anything, can you, really? Other yeah. than 
maybe get better at FIFA or something. I'm not sure. But uh, listen, we're going to talk about the selection. We're going to talk about the series decider, which is, you know, what we're looking forward to. But Ben, we've got to look back. Um, you know, it was a monumental test match, obviously quite one-sided, but there were key moments that, that turned the game. Um, the tries, the controversy. I mean, I guess it was everything Razzie Erasmus wanted it to be because every single decision was analysed in the minutest detail, yeah. which is why we got the first half that lasted uh, 65 minutes. Yeah, I think it was a complete reversal of the week before because the week before, South Africa were totally dominant in the first half and we thought, how are the Lions going to get back into this just in terms of matching them? And then second half, although they were 12-3 down, they came back and won the game. Again, Lions totally dominant in the first half and you, you sort of felt, well, have they got enough points in the bag? And they obviously didn't. And... Um, you know, the decisions in the first week went for the Lions, the decisions this week. Although I thought, I must say, I, I thought the referee, Ben O'Keefe, handled and managed the game perfectly. He, his explanation, he was obviously under massive pressure, yeah. and his explanation of every decision was brilliant. Okay, so do you but think, yeah, handle, I mean, you and I were. If that was in the Premiership, yeah, we were. We Cheslin Colby would have got at least one red card. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how it is. But you, you, you've got to put it into the wider perspective that. This is the showpiece game. This is the biggest game in rugby bar the World Cup, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And they don't want it to be decided on a card. So at the back of the mind, although the referee's not been told to go out that, I, I once spoke to Wayne Barnes and he said, there are decisions where you can talk down. You can use your language over the mic to talk it down from a red to a yellow. But I think, you know, if that was in the premiership, a bog standard game every week, Cheslin Colby probably would have got two red cards. And Faf de Klerk, we didn't see enough angles of it. But he's close because he doesn't wrap his arms and he comes in. But let's not let's not. Well, we only got one angle of that particular challenge. Yeah, but but let's which not. Might, which might steer you towards the let's fact not that the, sound the TV like we're direct, whinging because well, we're not whinging, there's no there's there's no. I, I don't think we would have won the game anyway. No, 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 quite right. But it's interesting, isn't it? The big decision you get four angles. You know, yeah. the other decision you only get one angle. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that's annoyed me most about it is all the stuff post match really on social media. And social media in, in this tour has been poisonous yeah. on, on, on all well, sides of the It doesn't help when the director of rugby puts an hour rant on social well, media. I mean, that's only yeah. going to create a slightly more toxic but environment. The, the one it? that I have a problem with is is everyone saying Maru Atoji's kneeling on a guy's neck. If you look at the picture, and it's a, you always get angles in, in pictures and, and video footage, but this is a still picture. And you can see all of the yellow um, uh, collar of his shirt, which is just a hoop like a t-shirt yeah. and he's you can see all of it so he's not he's, he's, he's kneeling on his chest and, and you can say well he shouldn't be doing that but stuff like that happens in a game all the time where actually you're ending up kneeling on someone in a ruck and then as it gets up to, to go away you just stay there for a couple of seconds later. and that's all Dealande's doing he's not saying you're choking me he's saying let me get up and go to the next phase and that's been blown out of all proportion on social media and look I think Warren Gatland you know has not entered into you know, the sort of tit for tat. He's just said, look, what we want to see is a game that flows a bit quicker because clearly the Lions game plan all along has been to speed up the game, to try and keep the ball in play for as long as possible and to try and move some of the ginormous South African forwards around the field. And when a first half lasts for 65 minutes, clearly that's not going to favour the Lions. It's going to favour the Springboks. So, Damien, from your perspective, I mean, were, there, were they decisive moments? The Colby, you know, yellow slash red... You know, the fact that Henshaw maybe could have scored and the Lions would have ended up, you know, ahead at half-time. For me, I'd sort of dial it back a bit to when, to Razzie. Uh, you know, I like Razzie. I think he's a great sort of free thinker for the game. But, you know, one of 
the, the values of rugby is respect. And I think he spent 60 minutes disrespecting an official. And that then sets the tone for the keyboard warriors, for the toxicity of this second test, for the tone, you know, all of the, all of the aggro that happened. And, and I just... Uh, well, yeah. well, rugby are, are the, looking into the, it. I mean, they might look into it a bit sooner rather than later. Well, but. you know, there's no rush, is there? You know, I, I do feel that, you know, if you allow this sort of behaviour to be accepted then, you know, we're in a very interesting... Joan and I were talking before, the, before we, we came through, but rugby's an interesting crossroads, isn't it? Because when do behaviours become acceptable? And if world rugby don't come down on someone... If that has been a player who'd gone on, you know, online and had given an hour-long briefing about the referee, and he'd have been slung out the back door in a rate of knots. Now, Razzy Rasmus is an extraordinary talent. He is a great thinker and pioneered the South African World Cup success... But I just think from a game-wide perspective, yeah, World Rugby have to act quickly. You know, and you've got to step in and you've got to stop that and you've got to nip it in the bud. Because if you don't, it starts to erode the value of the sport. You know, Warren, I think, has been very good to sort of not go in on a trading a tit for tat. But I just think, you know, as a governing body, govern the game. Yeah, step in. To be honest, they've not helped themselves by having a South African TMO and having a... Um, Sighting officer from Zimbabwe. I mean, it, you know, I mean, with all due respect, that is not, that is not what you call independent in any way, shape, or form. Now, not having a go at the integrity of the official, but as I said last week, you know, I played in the first ever game where there was a TMO, and he was from South Africa, and we lost the Test match. And then World Rugby thought, actually, maybe it'd be a good idea if we had someone independent. We, we, and we, I, I just thought his position has been compromised all the way through the series. We all said that the first week all the decisions would go the Lions' way because it had been flagged up. It was such a big thing. It flagged up by Gatlin. I mean, exactly. Let's be fair. But, but, but exactly. Yeah, but, I'm not, but there's I'm nothing not, wrong with doing that in a press conference. I mean, but what, you know, what I'm saying, I think he not got on put, social media. put in a, posi- in a really impossible position because that's why we said that the Lions would get all the decisions in the first week because if he gives a, a controversial decision, which you know, he thinks is totally fair, everyone will say, well, I know it's not. That's just because you're a homer. And, and you've, you've got to be really, really... You, it's not just thinking about what's happening on the pitch and the teams involved. It's thinking about the optics of it yeah. and what everyone else is going to put the pressure on. And le- you leave yourself open yeah. to either side saying either... You know, he, he didn't get the decision because he's South African, or, or he's overcompensated because we're all complaining about. Him. On the Erasmus thing, though, is it possible that two things can be true at the same time? That it's it's against the spirit of the game that we don't want to see directors of rugby or coaches coming out and 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 producing an hour-long, highly edited video. But at the same time, that he had some points that that there were that yeah, but, but agreed, there are ways but, of means. But, surely, no, no, sorry, sorry, those, sorry, those me, points should be sure, sure. should be addressed behind closed doors in, in the right not, channels. Because so, like, so what you create is a is a is a hatred, mm. you know, in on social media. Which, so you're not which necessarily I, shooting down the message. You, you you're shooting down no. the way it was the list. The, sti- yeah. the style was inappropriate. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we talk about um, positive side of Erasmus, which there is, I think in the first test, Gatlin got his game plan right and to a certain degree they executed it pretty well and then the second half I felt that the substitutions that he made actually enhanced the game what we saw at the weekend last weekend was a flip side of that South Africa actually brought on players that that effectively changed the game Um, can I ask you guys a question and they kept their best players on the field I mean Faftekler and Pollard were were very influential in the the overall result so in South Africa there there seems to be a perception that Jacques Nienaber who is actually the head coach has been largely forgotten that, yes. that, that, that Rassi Erasmus is the one getting too much credit. And, and th- they've both said very publicly, Jacques in charge, Rassi's the assistant, that's why he's the water boy. I mean, 
South Africa's defensive record, you know, under Jacques Ninaba as defensive coach, I don't have the stats on me. I should have had that. But it's like something like nine tries and 12 tests or something like that with, with, with Jacques in charge. And the defense was immense. Do you think that he's getting enough credit here in, in, in the UK? No, not at all. But that is solely down to the fact that Razi Erasmus hasn't gone, right, you're in charge, I'll disappear. He's gone, you're in charge, but I'll do an hour-long video saying that I'm nothing to do with South Africa, and also, but I'm wearing the club shop. That's fair. They haven't got credit because there's been 958 kicks in the game as well. So, you know, they're, 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 listen, we were, we were all about winning. Um, you know, so is it win at all costs? Is it win at any cost? It would appear to be. South Africa are never going to change the way they play. Um, certainly in the immediate future, they certainly always played that way. Maybe not quite as much kicking as we've as we've seen, and we'll get on to the you know selection of Cobus Ryan out of scrum half because will will What's it interesting will it still is, be the same? Eddie game Jones game? having faced that in the World Cup final, and it, it, it's not a rash decision. Eddie Jones uses data analysts who say this is the most effective way of winning rugby, the way South Africa are playing. And he tried to do it and couldn't do it and didn't quite get it right in the Six Nations. They couldn't adapt to that style of game. But certainly, you know, that is what the top coaches in the world think is the easiest way and the, and the most successful way to play is the way South Africa are at the moment. And so it's really, if we don't like it, it's down to world rugby to, to adapt, the, adapt the laws uh, because every single coach, every single player just wants to win next week. And Damien, I mean, you know, from, from our point of view, from a Lions perspective, um, certain players just didn't perform, did they really? I mean, you know, Gatman talks about a game plan. You know, in the first test they were executed. I mean, we couldn't catch a cold at the weekend. I mean, literally could not catch anything. I mean, you know, from a South Africa perspective, you know, they, they clearly play better. I mean, who, who would you say were their, were their key players last weekend? I, I, I think the chase, I mean, you know, it's a cliche to say that, that, a, that a kick is only as good as its chase. But the way that they structured their chases, they didn't quite commit everyone to the chase, right? There was always someone kind of hanging back to win that second, that, that second collision clean out. I, I, think, I think that was quite a smart adjustment they made from the first game. I feel like they were a bit gung-ho in, in their chases and they were kind of, once you got past that first wave, there was a bit of space for the Lions. So I thought that adjustment was good. It's hard to pinpoint. I think Damien Dialendi doesn't get enough credits in South Africa, and I, I, maybe you guys can tell me about the UK. I, I, I've seen he's a lot. He's off to Munster, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's at Munster now. He's, he's, at, at, he's Munster. at Munster. He gets a lot of write-ups about being the best 12 in the world, and you know what? Maybe he is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, he's certainly... Can someone be underrated and overrated well, at the same time? Fire. He's on well, fire, isn't he? I think yeah. both the South African centres yeah, have so. won that battle, haven't they? And, yeah. and that was an area that a lot of people were concerned about going into the Lions series is the centre berth, particularly outside centre. Um, I think Henshaw moving to 13 is his better position. Uh, so that, that, that's interesting and, and how he fares. But absolutely, South African centres have bossed it. The Lions back three helped things enormously last week by dropping everything, as you alluded to. But I think the, uh, the line-out drive was, a, was another area. Oh, Lut Diago changed the game for me. I mean, again, an, an immense... Not underrated, but, but maybe doesn't get enough credit with, with Eben Etzebeth being so big. Franco Mostert being, you know, the line-out general. Lut Diago came on. And then a substitution from, from uh, Jacques, who changed the game. But, yeah, immense. Immense in the line-out. Well, listen, we are going to move on to the selection and what we can look forward to in the deciding test match. But first of all, what you've all been waiting for, the dropkick challenge. This is the dropkick challenge with Fuller's London Pride. Outstanding amber ale, the official beer of the British and Irish Lions. Ben has been uh, 
outstanding in his knowledge of Lions rugby uh, against myself. Daniel, I think you're in charge of uh, a few questions now. Have you been briefed on the score, Daniel? Yes, uh, uh, Ben is currently leading with 24 points to Lawrence's 18. 24-18, yeah. So, since Warren Gatlin has rung the changes, I think it's six in total, we thought we'd mix up a few players' names. You've brought props. I've brought props. I've been handed wow. props. Wow. And the two of you, or three of you, 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 you get involved. I'll just watch. Um, you guys have to tell me which player this is. So, this is... I bake nude. Wow. Good to know. I Good to know. I'm going to get in there early because I'm going to have the first choice and then Ben on the next one you can. That's right. Bundiaki, yeah? Oh, well, yeah. Correct. Okay. Could be right. There we go. So, You're welcome, Lowell. You're welcome. That, thank you. Yeah, well, you, that, was a, that was a bit of a through ball there. Well, listen, I got, I, got a D, I got a D in French and I cheated. So it, it, thank you, Damien. He needs all the help he can get. Uh, so, Benny, this one's yours. Uh, yeah. Glad Frog Hunt. I think that's Tyke Furlong. Correct. No, I was, a, I was at school you. with him. Were you? Who, Glad Frog Glad Hunt. Frog Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a shot. <laughs> I learned that, Four... that he played GAA. That, that was something I learned this no. week. Tag Fur Furlong, no? Re did that, he? That's what I learned, Jesus. yeah. yeah. Well, he was a wow. curling player. Okay. Can't imagine it. Okay, and then, uh, then he ate three correct? children. <laughs> 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 Didn't work out for him so well in <laughs> GAA. <laughs> All right, Lawrence, I think it's you. Even-handed rum war. Uh, oh, is that, that the yeah. winger, Van der Merwe? Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these are too easy. That was the highlight, actually, of the selection announcement was Jason Leonard pronouncing the Hawaiian Van der Merwe. Jason being the Barking Express. <laughs> he did very well, to be fair. Have you, ever, have you seen the British Lions videos of, or, or the clips that they're showing on social of Jason? I mean... Is it me or is, it, is he just getting larger and larger? I don't know. He's bloody it. Well, we're back in case as, town. As such. As such. As such. It's going well, though. It's going well. The, bar, the bars opened up last week as well, so yeah. double the size yeah, now. That's right. Clearly. All right, next one. Benny, on you. Enjoys none law. Wow. Uh, oh, well, I think that might be the skipper, Alan Wynne Jones. Oh, bang on. Finally, uh, the, this, this will be an easy one, I reckon. Country Weasel. Oh, Country Weasel. Might be Laws and Courtney, no? Uh, Full there house. You go. Very good. Happy days. Right. Uh, we are does that mean I've won? Uh, no, I think it yeah. does mean you won. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't know. I mean, if the Lions win the test, if the Lions win, we might come back for a sort of, you know, podcast special. Oh, okay. Okay, so there could be a bit of extra time, but to be continued. Come on, South Africa. So, we'll um, win that. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Let's take a closer look at the news that's coming out of both camps, um, because, you know, whilst all the uh, cameras are on the British and Irish Lions and their selections, actually, Daniel, the Springboks, got few little problems of their own, actually, because two of the best players in the world, the number nine, Faf de Klerk, the golden unicorn himself, and um, Stefan de Toit is uh, also out, the world's best player, or the world's best uh, voted player so uh, how do you think that impacts the Springboks and uh, you know clearly they've 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 taken a bit of a gamble in selection by picking a second row in the back row no? If the same result had happened and and, and the game had gone exactly the same way but Peter Steff went off in the 78th minute for example I would have been very very worried but the fact that they got through that with him did he did he he went off in the first half I think yeah so so that gives me some confidence I am a bit worried that it probably means that Franco mastered Eben Etzebeth and, and, and is Lurt starting? No, he's not starting, is he? Lurt, yeah. Is Lurt starting? Yeah, yeah. Three of those locks, one obviously in the, in the loose forward, they probably all have to get through 80 minutes because you, you'd imagine Master will come on for, for Khaleesi. I'm not too worried about, about Kerbis Reinoff. In fact, if when he plays last, well. When was the last time he started a game of rugby? Uh, Canada in the World Cup, I think. Okay, so. Oh, that's, yeah, well done. Yeah. I'm here all week. Thank so you very you're, much. You're, you're, you're not worried about that, no? No, well, I, I, the, the, the pollard rhino combination is one that, they, that they're familiar with in club. Well, yeah, they the, play Montpellier, still, right? Are you still they, glowing about I'm the, the glowing correct answer? Montpellier, they don't look like they were playing much rugby. They, no, that's yeah. true. But, but he, he's quite a similar player to Fife. His box kicking is better than Herschel Jancis. I, look, I'm trying, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. Obviously, Fife de Klerk is, is so in the groove of what the Springboks do. But if, if, if Kerbis can have a good game, then I'm less worried. If he, if he has a stinker, well, then, then tickets, I, I think. I don't think his box kicking is as good as Faf. And, and funnily enough... Although, although other parts of his game clearly absolutely. are. Absolutely. Uh, funnily enough, when he first came to the UK, he was seen as the better kicker. Mm. And Faf playing for sale mm. suddenly developed this kicking game that, that is bang on the money. And, and um, that would be one glimmer of hope as a British and Irish Lions supporter is that the bombardment's not quite as accurate. But like you said, Lawrence, we saw him for Northampton. His speed is higher yeah. and his ability to read the opposition. So when you're, when you're playing well, a style of rugby... Maybe nine intercept tries. Yeah. When, when, you're, when you're playing a style of rugby that is reliant on big moments in the game. So if you look at all South Africa's big wins, arm wrestle, keep it tight, keep it tight, and then suddenly two or three playmakers in the team, like Sir Cheslin, uh, Colby, uh, Babimpi will just light the touch paper and go and you're suddenly 14 points down you don't know where it's come, come from. He is exactly the sort of player to deliver that with, like you said, a length of the field interception. But he, you know, when he, he was at Northampton, he just tore the premiership apart. He was, yeah. you know, he was in the shortlist for the Players' Player of the Year. He's making, I think compared to Faf, he's making maybe four or five times the yardage per game that Faf does. So he's got a very... So do you think, though, clearly, when he plays for South Africa now as the number one choice, he's going to be asked to play in a very different way to what his natural game is? Yeah. I guess it comes down to, has he got the discipline to kind of stick to that? Or, you know... 
I don't know. I mean, because I think hopefully the game finally might open up a little bit. I mean, might well, might become a slightly different game to the one we've seen because, yeah. as I said to you before, you know, Ben and I watched the semi final of the World Cup, and we decided to have a glass of half a glass of white wine for every box kit that went up, and we were both carried out at half time. I mean, uh, <laughs> wow! I w- I limped out. Well. Yeah, wow. <laughs> We were both carried out, to be fair. I think, and a re- thank, I think, thank God we were, because they did us a favour getting rid of us at half-time. I mean, what, what me, a game. 64 box kicks. I mean, that's not... But for me, there's an, yeah, there's an onus, isn't there? Like, you know, like, take every hat off. You know, but as a rugby fan, right, you want this game to be an absolute humdinger. You want it to go toe-to-toe. You want it to be fast and loose. And, you know, everything that perhaps the series hasn't been, I'm not sure it will be, but... As an advert for the game, you know, the entire rugby world, as Ben said, this is the biggest test match outside of a World Cup final. You'd love it to be an absolute slugfest of running rugby. I'm not sure it will be. The, the other thing about Faf, which Cobus isn't, Faf is the fulcrum of everything revolves around him. He, he's, you know, love him or hate him. And, and actually, I love the way he plays. Uh, and he's one of those people that you should hate, but you can't help but love. It's, glaringly, it's showing glaringly that we don't have a number nine of that class yeah, at the but, moment. But, I mean, but, you know, but not, not, just, a few years not just his style of play, just how he's a presence in everything. Yes. Every, Even on defence. Everything's around him. He's, he's in every, he starts every fight and then run, runs away. I, I like, love every, like every good scrum half. I, I mean, to I, be fair, I, that doesn't make him world class. I, I that just makes I don't him think a number Cobus nine. is that personality. I think Cobus is a bit quieter. Uh, uh, and his talent is there and if everyone else is playing well he'll be the person that wins you the game or, or puts the you know the, the cherry on the cake yeah. but he's not the guy that if 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 the back's against the wall and you're really struggling that will get everyone else going so listen one thing i do want to talk about is the line selection uh, warren gatlin someone i know very well quite a bold selector when when he selected that team for the first test there was a lot of question marks raised it proved to be the right selection obviously the way that the fault lines appeared in the second test, it was inevitable that there were going to be some changes. Um, you know, you start in the back three. He's made six changes. Um, you know, clearly two in the back three, set, you know, front row. All the obvious areas where the Lions lost the game. We've all played rugby. There was always casualties when you have a bad performance. Um, and I don't think anyone can argue with some of those selections. I guess, Damien, just looking at it, and we'll move on to the bench shortly. No Owen Farrell. You know, he's clearly had to gamble a little bit because if he's chasing the game late on in the second half, he actually, I, I don't think last week when he was chasing the game, he went to his bench and there was nothing on there that was going to change the game. This week, he's actually put people on that can change the game. Sam Simmons, Finn Russell. But, I mean, do you think that the overall selection is, is a fair one? Well, he's, he's brought, you know, and I, and I remember going to, the, to that, now the sort of orchestrated, we laughed about it earlier, but, you know, Jason calling out the team. The first name that was called was Bundiaki, and everyone went, oh, my God, this isn't going to be the Lions squad that we thought was going to be. And, you know, you've got Aki and Henshaw in the centre, and I guess I'm excited by that because they know each other. They played quite a bit together. Josh Adams had a good tour. And Liam Williams, for me, you know, was one of the players of 2017 in New Zealand. They've got to spark something, and they, and they haven't been able to do that. And, you know, I think it's a great shame the likes of Stuart Hogg and Anthony Watson missed out because they are exceptional rugby players but you know these as Warren has said this week this is a cup final and these guys have got an opportunity now to step in and make a huge difference and they absolutely need something just to fire this whole back line up and Ben up front um, I mean I guess no surprises Wynne Jones back at loose head we have to change the lines have to change the picture to the referees to the officials don't they they I thought the, the scrum in the first test just about held on 
got parity and as the game wore on actually we got stronger I think South Africa reversed their selections and actually dominated although there was one or two decisions that could have gone in their favour but it's almost a selection that that is more about the officials just changing that picture early yeah. on in, in proceedings I, I, I think the first half they were alright uh, second half it, it fell apart a bit Sutherland obviously isn't on the bench this week they, they've they've brought Wynne Jones back and, and put Mako on the bench and I think you know, sometimes players just go through a run of lack of confidence and, and I think it affected Sutherland. He, he gave away a stupid penalty um, and, and he was getting done at the scrum a little bit and, and dropped that ball at the front of the line out. And I just think it was on. It was a bit of a worry and, and sometimes it can just become, uh, here he comes, OK, we, we know how to scrummage against this guy. Um, and I, I know this, I spoke uh, to a couple of South Africans straight off the World Cup final and when Dan Cole went on, went on they knew exactly what they were going to do against Dan Cole because they'd found a weakness that in his game. And, and you just can't have that coming off the bench because the game's lost as soon as... The scrum is still such an important factor of the game because you might not be kicking the penalties, but if it's giving you the field position to play off. So I feel for Sutherland because I had him in my, first, in, in my test squad going into, into this tour, but it just hasn't quite worked out for him. Don't say that do, on do, social do, media. Do you, you think, do you think Jason shots? Leonard has actually packed his boots and is going to make an extraordinary <laughs> comeback in the final test, a la World Cup final? If the scrum wouldn't move, but ne neither would Andre, anything else on the pitch. Andre, up and get down. <laughs> <laughs> do you think up front, in, in the final analysis, with all the kicking that's, that, that is happening in this test match, my opinion is that we still lack one or two exceptional ball carriers yes. to really trouble South well, Africa. The it, average carry last week, you know, all, admittedly there wasn't that much ball given to the forwards, but the average carry was one and a half metres, uh, right? Which is like, totally that's great. almost Steve Borthwick-esque, isn't yeah. it really? I mean, if, it's, if you don't have it's that, not quite that good actually. You don't have fair. that, the backs can't play, can they? They've got no momentum, uh, they've got a line speed flying at them so they can't get the ball as wide as they want to and, and we've seen that with, with but, the line but, but style. Also, but also it's ownership, you know, if you're a forward, and you're playing in the pack, you know, early on in the game, give me the ball, give it, let's have a short, let's have a five-man line out, and let's have a crack. And obviously, don't send me down the channel where Delande is. You know, let's run a nice decoy there, and let's run a, you know, let's run a line where we can actually get into it, some space. And, and I want to see our Lions forwards taking ownership of that. It's still a worry for me. Yeah. I don't think, because Maratoji, Alan Wynne-Jones, great players, but neither the of them are someone so that will, that will dent a hole they're, they're, they're good second carriers brilliant secondary carriers I, I said if, if Wynne Jones isn't fit I wondered whether Warren would have looked at someone like Ellis Genge bringing well, him in the last minute my worry is that the Mako and, and Ty Fulham are the two best carriers no, they're not, and, and, they're one, not you know, and one's on the bench and, and one, you know you're in your back row we're, we're not, we've not got people carrying the ball and no, it's, and, a, it's and a real concern it is a huge problem and, and um, I, I, I Totally with you. That that is where where the, at the moment South Africa are winning the game because the Lions can't get any sort of foothold to allow the the game they want to play, which is much wider than South Africa. But if you don't, you know, you, I think you Wasp boys used to say, didn't you? Earn the right to go wide. You have to do the hard stuff first before you start sh shoveling on the ball. Or the likes of Elliot Daly or or Harris get caught miles behind the gain line. Are we uh, let's talk let's talk about the uh, the selection on the bench. Um, I mean, surprise, Daniel, Damien, about these the selection on the bench. Finn Russell obviously is one of those players that came into this tour with a big rap, and he's for, because of his Achilles, I think he's not had that opportunity. Sam Simmons, ironically, you know, a bit of a game changer, bit of a concern. There's only one sort of goal kicker in the Lions team, really. Um, no Owen Farrell. 
raised a few eyebrows, but you can kind of see where Warren Gatlin's going with the selection because this is one game of rugby, and I guess if you know if if he hasn't got it right at half time, you know he needs some options off the bench that are actually going to change the the course of the game. I think you know you know. I- Sam Simmons for me is, you know, player's player of the year, has just lit up the premiership for the last three or four years. I quite like the fact that Warren sort of stuck a couple of fingers up and said, we're going to take this guy because we think he can change the game. And I think coming off the bench, he can change the game. I I really think he is that good. But um, for me, it's, you know, if, if the Lions are down and out at half time you're putting a huge amount of pressure on that bench to come on and turn this game around but I'm excited by the bench you know Eddie calls them the finishers I think it's a really good way of looking at it and it's a squad effort so I'd love to see Sam Simmons get his Lions cap and come on and absolutely tear it up because I think he, he belongs on that stage Damien I'm going to stay with you it's obviously been a very intense and very different Lions tour to any that we've ever seen there is one more game to be played but clearly, all of these players, it's now the end of their season. As the CEO of the RPA, when these players come back, just give us, give us a perspective on what you, know, you as, a, as the head of the Rugby Players Association, would advise to those players. What's in place to make sure that these players, when they play for their clubs, whether it be Leicester or Wasp or whoever, and when they play for their countries, are actually going to be able to you know, look half decent again? Well, they, they, you know, you've just had the most extraordinary 18 months of rugby. And in terms of finishing, you know, the previous season, I think we had the shortest pre-season on, in history going into the next season. And again, this is why for me, the likes of Marcus Smith, Sam Simmons are even more extraordinary because they fronted up and delivered, you know, the, the Saracens guys obviously in the championship, but those guys who fronted up, you know, they now get a 10-week break going into the new season. We're now going into a World Cup cycle the pressure on these players now is unbelievable. And, you know, ben ben is a, was a former trustee of our charity, uh, Restart Rugby. Lawrence, you've helped us fantastically over the years. And, and the mental health demands now on our players, both men, women, 15s, 7s, has never been higher. So the, I think that the important thing now is there is guaranteed rest for our players. There's a clear you know, pathway in terms of the next 12 months, the next two years going into the World Cup. That these players can actually look forward and say, well, I'm going to have... Agreed, guaranteed rest here. Downtime here. We've got a very tight autumn series. Tonga. So, so just on a on a on a serious point, you know, ben, we've seen Ben Stokes come out and say, "Look, enough is enough." Yeah, yeah. I mean, after this weekend, when are we likely to see these Lions players play again? Well, they won't be playing again until mid late October, and some won't play again until they go into the autumn series against Tonga, and then you're, you're playing South Africa and Australia. So it's almost becoming this endless winter that you know is often so talked about. <laughs> So they're not playing for their clubs. Basically. So they won't be playing for their clubs until probably the European games in... Uh, How much are Leicester, how much yeah. are Leicester Tigers playing so, those players? Well, there's not that many there. It's fine. Yeah. Well, well, they've all gone Saffa now at Leicester Tigers, to be yeah. fair. But, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it is... It's, that, well, that, that, that explains the problem that English rugby or world rugby faces, really. Yeah. Totally. Does, yeah. And the demands are huge, you know, and it's not just physical, it is about mental... And, and it's trying to make sure that our players are as well rested going into and, and, and every Lions tour and you, you've both been on them cyclically the team or the country that contributes the most Lions will dip after as, as that a Lions tour has a terrible autumn right. Six Nations and, and actually if you, I think it's more akin to a World Cup and a long run in a World Cup you always get a huge drop off you get a hangover and because they've been this bubble usually a the, the, the external stuff with the Lions Tour, and I'm not just talking about going out on the smash, 
I'm talking about all the other bits and pieces. It, it feels different and it feels like a bit of a lift. They haven't had that. So it's yeah. like another World Cup. Am I, am I right in thinking that when they come back, they've got to quarantine when they get back? Or is that as Boris's announcements today, just they'll all be in BIFA on the, on a two-week bender? No, no. So, so that, no, South, Africa no. Still, South Africa's still on the red list. Yeah. <laughs> no. Unless they get their exam for whatever okay. reason, they, they would have to... We're, yeah. not, well, the, uh, we're not worried about this. And the, but no, but the other thing is, obviously, you, you know, <laughs> half, that anymore. half the South African team play in England anyway. Yeah. So, right. so that, yeah, and a lot of the same plane. No, so so they don't have to isolate when they get back. No, they do have to isolate. Okay. They have they have to quarantine when they come back. So are they Warren Gatlin's talking about getting. Where a jer- are they going to put them? The jersey, maybe? In, the ca- <laughs> in, in the cabbage patch, they, right here. Well, I mean, is that metaphorically in speaking in the cabbage patch? <laughs> padded cell, because without the threat of having to get up for training the next day, they're locked into a hotel together for ten days. Oh, crikey. Well, it's fair to say that there have been quite a few uh, moving parts in this space, but I believe Jersey and Dublin are going to be the two hubs. Have you not done some sort of loyalty card for the players in Ibiza or something, a or? No, I've saved that for you, Lol. Okay. Okay. Outstanding, the one to watch with Fuller's London Pride, the outstanding Amber Ale. Right, we're going to move to our outstanding section. So, Daniel, if I could start with you, one player to watch either from the starting lineup or the bench. I guess I should ask you a, a man in green and gold, really. Um, you know, who should we be looking out for? Is it Kobus Reinach? Is it one of the forwards? Who is the player that you think is going to make the difference in this final deciding test? Well, since I said Kobus Reinach already, I'll choose someone else. Franco Mustard in the loose forward. Um, He's from the Munsters, isn't he, that chap? He's, yeah. <laughs> I'd never quite considered him to be a loose forward, if, I, if I'm honest. I, I, I just thought, always saw him as a, as a rangy lock, line-art general. You know, he's a devout student of, of Victor Matfield. They, they've spent a lot of time together when Victor was coaching with the box. Uh, Victor told me that he is the most naturally gifted line-art caller. Can you be a naturally gifted line-art caller? Anyway, I think you can. I, yeah. I totally agree with well, that. He, no, no, should, I, should we ask one naturally I, gifted? I, I, I mean, I, uh, I totally agree. I, having watched him play for Gloucester, yeah. uh, I think he's a fantastic yeah, player. Victor just said that he just, he just read the line art so well. And, and I, ben was naturally gifted because he had Martin Johnson, he had himself, and he, and he, had to, he said, we can't call to Lawrence because he's definitely not going to catch the ball. So, I mean, I've got to be a magician here, really, haven't I? And they were just no, outgunned no. when, 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 when Peter Steff went off and they only had two jumpers. They were just outgunned. And as soon as they had Lord come on, it just kind of worked better. So if Franco can stay on the field for 80 minutes, have a good game, I think he made the most tackles out of any Springbok. If, if, if he's big, that whole pack will be moving forward. And Damien, who, who's the line that catches your eye either in that starting 15? Well, go with the starting 15. Who, who's the guy that catches your eye? Is it someone that's come in or is it someone that you just think has got a big game in them? Well, I just think those players who've come in have got so much to prove, not least to their teammates and coach that they should have started from the beginning and again I, I go with someone like Liam Williams because I just think he, you know he he was a, he was the craft engineer of one of the Lions tries of all time in New Zealand you know I just think he's a magician so I really hope that he gets a little bit of space early on and that can really set the tone for what I hope will be an extraordinary test match and Benny for you uh, Lions or Springboks or uh, I'm going to go for someone uh, who has been you know a lot of players and ex-players first name on the team sheet but hasn't quite delivered yet and and his work rate is what you'd expect but Tom Curry is an unbelievable rugby player he has had a brilliant battle with Hamish Watson who's in superb form 
but he has the game hasn't quite gone his way for that man of the match performance and we know we've, he's got it in him and I think that'll be eating away at him and, and he's still you watch him play if you sort of just track him for a bit you won't believe his work rate but sometimes the game's got to come to you a little bit and, and, uh, and if it does I think he's got a lot of pent up and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to go with a player who I, did, I, I promise you I did not even think was going to be on the aeroplane and that's Ali Price okay so he got picked in the first test he got left out and clearly there's no tempo in the game now Warren Gatlin talks about trying to move the South African forwards around trying to play with tempo he's been out in the press conference this week Gatlin saying we need to play with tempo please don't analyse every decision please don't make sure every decision goes to the TMO you can bet your bottom dollar Alan Wynne-Jones will be talking to the French referee I think the game will flow a bit more anyway because how is Alan Wynne-Jones is French well I mean, <laughs> bonjour not, not that very not that good but, <laughs> but I just think Ali Price for me is a guy that if, if the Lions are to be successful I think we need tempo in our game um, and as I said I didn't think he'd be on the plane I, you know I thought there were other scrum halves that were in contention but you know fair play to him he's got that opportunity and I think he could be the difference in the two let's finish with some predictions Daniel come on you know South Africans believe that they're the best team in the world uh, um, so I think we got three World Cups to prove that. You uh, know, you absolutely have. You absolutely have none in none, Crowley, in, none, in, none in football. None in football, but you know, crack on. No, no, no. But, you know, taking my my Safa hat on again. That that talk of momentum, tight game, box within five. I'd say. I th I, th I think they probably got a bit too much. I'm a little worried about the about the bench splits. The whole thing about the bomb squad. They like to have six six forwards on the bench. Box by five. As a man who never threw a punch in any form of rugby or indeed uh, anywhere, uh, I well Cambridge Blue. Well, well, well no, that wasn't that was under Queensbury the, rules. That, that was under with Cambridge. Uh, I think this is going to go off in the first ten minutes. I think there will be all sorts. Of, Ooh, Battle wow. of Ballymore. I, I just think so. it's going to really get so. it's really. going to get spicy, right? And everyone's going to try and and you know Evan Etzbeth and Marrow last week. I thought was you know, but I think uh, once that all calms down. You know, in the words of Kevin Keegan, I would love it if if we beat if we beat them. And and I think for me for me it's 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 South Africa losing by two points and the most almighty session led by the chairman of the British and Irish Lions. Well, actually, to be fair to Warren Gatlin, he's not too far behind <laughs> to be in, in the in the, in, the, he, in the pint for pint he, state. He, well, good front rowers. Benny, are you? Can, I, I mean, well, yeah, there's I, a lot of people saying South Africa. I, I mean, give, give these. I've got them right so far. So I'm under a bit of pressure, yeah, you are. but I think my heart is going to rule my head here. And I'm because go when straight after the game, I thought advantage South Africa, and 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 um, I, I thought that they had, you know, it's going to be really tough for the guys. But I'm just going to hope that having had two turgid rubbish games, bar the excitement, that someone's going to score early and the game's going to open up a bit. So what I'm going to go for is the Lions to score a couple of quick tries. South Africa forced to chase it, but I think they will chase it well. And I'm going to go for 28-27 to the Lions. <laughs> I think everything, everything in your head and what we've seen with Ben saying that the momentum and, and the, the way it's gone tells you South Africa to win this test match. Okay, And I always said the first test was the most important. I always felt if the Lions won the first test that they were actually going to go on and win the series. So... I feel like I can't, you know, change my mind. Test match players don't lose games of rugby, but you have to go out there and try and win it. 
And what we saw last week from the Lions is that no one, I mean, they parked the bus like in Jose Mourinho style, worse than that, in fact, couldn't even catch anything. So if they are to win, which they can win, they have to have one or two heroes, one or two legends that go out and actually go, do you know what? I'm actually going to take the game by the scruff of the net and I go out and win this game for my, for my country, for my family, for the Lions and to create a little bit of history. And what we saw last week was a lot of timid, timid rugby players, right? And against South Africa, last thing you can be is timid, right? Because they just run over the top of you. So if we're prepared to, to do that and we're going to, you know, have a look at each other in the eye and go, do you know what? We've got an opportunity to create a little bit of history here because there's been lots of Lions teams, okay? And we've been lucky enough to get picked in them, but there ain't been many that actually go away and win a series. So do you want to be a Lion or do you want to be a legend? That is your choice. Right, I want a pint of London Pride as well. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, taking part. Big round of applause to the Cabbage Patch and all the staff here. Thank you. And a big round of applause to my panel, to, uh, to Ben Kay, to Daniel Gallen, and to Damien Hopley. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, thanks for listening and listening. Enjoy Saturday's game and uh, we'll see you all very soon. Thank you. Lawrence Delalio's Lions podcast brought to you in partnership with Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of the British and Irish Lions. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.